Welcome to the Irish NFL show. I'm delighted to be joined by Aaron Mullally. Aaron, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on, Aaron, a, a friend of, of many years standing and more importantly, from the point of view of the NFL show, a Detroit Lions fan, uh, a Michigan man relocated to Ireland and, and an Irish citizen, uh, but uh, a Michigan man, Monkey, ultimately, Aaron. And you, you were back home recently as well, which, which is great. So I guess you got to soak up some of the some of the Lions flavor while you were back. That's right. Yeah, we were back home over Christmas and Caught a couple of the games. Uh, disappointing night before we left. We had the Cowboys, the Cowboys controversial finish, but definitely, uh, definitely, everyone at home was all about the Lions. Uh, what was your reaction to to last week's game? Because you know we we talked about it on the show just the other day. How much it meant to Detroit and how much it meant to Lions fans and the atmosphere in the stadium just seemed to be to be electric. Yeah, I um I kept trying to get off to bed, but uh it was just so electric I, I could I couldn't get to bed. And as I was uh walking bleary eyed to work the next morning, I was I was so happy, I was so thrilled, and I kept thinking to myself, this must be what it actually feels like to win a Super Bowl. Um, so that was an awesome, awesome feeling. And I kept thinking about uh Bill Lambeer. Some of your some of your uh fans and, and listeners might know Bill Lambeer, the famous uh, bad boy center for the Detroit Pistons back in the 90s, 80s. So, 90s. so bad he even got name-checked in a Beastie Boys song back in the day. Like in Yeah, right, right. But I remember at some point Bill Lambeer saying that Detroit, first and foremost, was a football town, and then it was a baseball town, and it was a basketball town, and it was a hockey town. And I always remember that for some reason. It always stuck with me because I think he said that even at the height of when the Pistons were winning championships, and I always thought that was such an interesting comment. I always wondered, it was was he right about that? And I think now you can see that he's absolutely right about that because I think the city, I think the state has had all of these decades of pent-up frustration. And now you just see it being cut loose and, and you just see what a, what a football city and what a football state uh, Detroit and Michigan are. One of the things that was really interesting to me in terms of the reaction, obviously, as a, as a Bears fan, e- even your NFC North rivals, including you know various Chicago podcasts that I was listening to during the week, everybody was saying, I'm so happy for them. I'm happy for Detroit. I'm happy for the city of Detroit because of everything that, that Detroit has been through. Mm. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I think in many ways, I hope you saw like Eminem, he recorded like a big intro to the game and everything else. And I think that encapsulated a lot about uh, how people feel about the city and what the city has been through. And I think you're kind of seeing some of that come out with the Lions. Uh, I don't know what you want to call it, victory celebrations or, or this kind of special moment in time where it's, well, wow, we can really celebrate the Lions, but we can really celebrate Detroit kind of coming back uh, as well. Be interested to get your take on on how... The level of belief has has evolved through the season so far from from a fan's perspective because we look at where we left off towards the end of last season lies started the season terribly and then suddenly clicked and reeled off a string of victories had a potential playoff opportunity it didn't quite come off still managed to spoil the party for the packers in the final game of the season going into lambo and preventing them from going to the playoffs and you know dan campbell talked about how Next year, we're going to go one better. Next year, we're going to the playoffs. He, he pretty much guaranteed it. And it never looked in doubt from, from, from the moment the season started with that win over the Chiefs. Um, were you easily able to overcome your historic Lions fears? Or did, 
how easy was it to get on get to get onto the hype train? Is what it, what, what I'm wondering. I think that towards the middle of last season, or maybe the last quarter of the season, you could definitely see that something was starting to happen. But uh, as you mentioned there, I don't think it was until that last victory at Lambeau that you kind of felt, wow, something's happening here. Like this could actually really be real. And I think there was there was the draft and think there was a bit of controversy around the draft. I mean, certainly looking back at that now, Brad Holmes certainly knew what he was doing. I mean, just another great draft for the Lions and what he managed to put together. But I remember texting you. But we're saying Jamir Gibbs is a reach, Sam Laporta. What are you doing drafting a tight end that high? I I know. And he absolutely has proved all those doubters around. I mean, phenomenal. I mean, I guess it's one thing kind of talking about Dan Campbell. Maybe we could talk about him a little bit, but I mean, he's obviously done a great job, but I think that Brad Holmes and all the work that he's done and the players and the roster turnover that they managed to do in, in three seasons has been just awesome. And I think the synergy between Dan Campbell and, and Brad Holmes, I don't know if people have seen the, the clip of the, the locker room celebration uh, after the after the, after the the Rams victory, but Dan Campbell gave out two balls. The first ball he gave was to Brad Holmes and the second one was to, to Jared Goff. But... To get back to your question there, I think I think that the Lambeau victory was a really special one. I think you could really see something happening. And then all throughout the offseason and, and the preseason and everything else, I think everyone was so excited thinking, wow, it's going to really carry over. But just before the season began, I think I remember even texting you thinking, geez, I don't know, I'm getting cold feet. Is this, is this really, really, really real? But wow, the way that they came out, all guns blazing, taking down Kansas City, it was really like, wow, okay, I think these guys are for real, and this is going to be a fun season. Because I remember, as I said at the outset, obviously we've known each other a long time. I was actually going back through some historic WhatsApp messages to trace the timeline from the bad old days to, to where the lines are at the moment. One of the ones that stuck out for me was, and obviously you I, you remember 0-16, we won't go there, but I remember that when you got you guys drafted DeAndre Swift, who now has gone to the Eagles, and I bet he wishes uh, he'd stayed where he was, but... <laughs> DeAndre Swift in his first game, which was against the Bears, Lions were nailed on to win, you would have thought, and he was carrying into the end. Fumbled the ball through the end zone. I remember you texting me saying, didn't take him long to get the Lions stink on him. But that just goes to show you, you you were expecting the worst, and so often the Lions delivered back then. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I, you know, I think for a lot of people even, thinking about Danny Campbell starting, and going back to when he started and whether or not, you know, geez, could we trust Dan Campbell? Is he going to be any good? What's he going to be like? I don't think it was necessarily even quite on that 16 team, right? He was on yes, that right, right. Yeah. So a lot of people kind of remembered him, but it wasn't not to put him down as a player or anything like that, but he had maybe a slightly sort of a journeyman career. I think he bounced around maybe three or four different teams. Um, so people sort of remembered him, but nothing in a way that made you think, wow, this guy's going to be an outstanding coach. Uh, but even when he came in and he gave that unforgettable, you know, kneecap opening speech and um, and everything else as he began, even if you kind of started to think, well, maybe this guy's going to be a bit different, or maybe he's gonna he's gonna bring something here that we haven't had it in Detroit. It was still a question of just learning to trust the Lions, I guess you could say. You know what I mean? I mean, there's just so much history there, so much bad history, and so many times we've been let down by so many different coaches and front offices and players and all the rest that I think it was really a question of beginning to trust the actual lines and are they going to pull this together? 
Because I, I know for me, and uh, you can watch Hard Knocks and it can make any team look good and make it look like there's a good atmosphere and there's good culture. And, you know, we saw the Jets one in the offseason this year and made it look like everything was on the up and up. And obviously I know that Rogers injury had a massive impact on the way that story went. But you feel like a lot of the times you can't trust what was on Hard Knocks. The Lions one I just felt was was different. Like that kind of stopped me in my tracks. And the thing that stopped me in my tracks was that they showed, which they didn't on the Jets version, interestingly enough, because the teams have final veto over what goes to air. They, they get editorial approval. But what they showed in the Lions year was they showed the cuts when they made the roster cuts. And I couldn't believe how positively the players who were cut reacted to that coaching staff. Like to a man, everyone who came out of the, the meeting having been cut said, I really respect what those guys are doing. I really wish I could be here to be part of it. There's something special happening here. They all said almost exactly the same thing in the room to Dan Campbell, who treated them with the utmost of respect and couldn't have been nicer and couldn't have been, you know, true to form, more emotional about it. He looked and felt genuinely upset. They looked and felt genuinely upset. And you're going, there's, there's something, there's a, there's, there's a kind of magic brewing here. I agree 100%. And, you know, looking back on that too, you know, you wonder... The fact that he was a former player and the fact that he's been there and done that and so many of the staff, Detroit Lions coaching staff or former players themselves has kind of been through that. And you look at the, the NFL coaching carousel this year and you kind of wonder, you know, how many of the candidates out there are former players themselves? You know, and you kind of wonder, geez, you know, former players, do they bring something and maybe extra to the position that are going to help get something done perhaps? I don't know. I definitely think that's a, a positive in his in Dan Campbell's favor, for sure. So somebody said at one point, I can't remember who, so I can't credit the person, unfortunately, that if you looked at all the coaching teams in the NFL and said, which one would be most likely to win a scrap, it would absolutely be the Lions' hands down. Like maybe maybe Mike Vrabel would have, would have given them a run for their money. Maybe D'Amico Ryans now was before D'Amico Ryans took over the Texans, but they just looked like the meanest, toughest group of, group of coaches in the league. I think so, too, and I think that was something that, you know, we look at Dan Campbell... And he's just a mountain of a man. And you just kind of look at him and you might think, and I think so many fans, and I certainly was guilty of this at, well, at one stage, thinking, is this guy just kind of a meathead? You know, is, is he just kind of a meathead that is just kind of rah-rah sort of guy that likes to get people fired up and maybe he's not so strong with the X's and O's or maybe he's not so strong with kind of all the day-to-day loads and jets and stuff and everything else. But, boy, certainly... He certainly uh, appears to be dead wrong. I certainly appear to be dead wrong on that front. He certainly has got a lot of brains to go with the brawn, for sure. I, I listened to, and I think I mentioned this on, on one of our previous shows, I was listening to an interview that Dave Wanstead, the former Bears coach, did uh, during the last week or 10 days or so, and he was talking about Campbell and talking about you know the, the decisions to go for and fourth down so often during the season to the point where people were going, whoa, steady on there, Dan. You don't need to do it every single time. And Wanstead mm-hmm. said, you know, pe- people are reading this all wrong. This is not about analytics so much as it's about Campbell tr- getting his players to trust and showing them that he trusts in them to deliver. He said, you, w- you watch and see in the playoffs when they have to go when they have to go for it on fourth down. You don't want that to be the first time. You want players to get used to it. You want players to get used to delivering. And that's absolutely how it turned out against the Rams. Oh, I, I agree 100%. And I, I think that's been a big piece of... Uh, I don't know what you want to call it, that the relaunch, the development of Jared Goff. I, I think that's given him a lot of confidence. I think that when you've got a coaching staff behind you that's ready to rock and roll and ready to go for it, I'll fourth down and everything else, I think that's got to build your confidence uh, as a QB. Well, 
now that you bring it around to that topic, what, what's what's your feeling about Goff? Because this is a guy who arrived in as the make weight in the Matthew Stafford deal. You know, the placeholder quarterback was how he was described at the time until the Lions get someone better. Well, we're still waiting for them to get someone better. And right now, they don't necessarily look like they need someone better. I'm so I'm just so happy for him. Really, I, I'm just so so happy for him. And I I think that one of the th- interesting things is you look at what's happening in college football with the transfer portal and so many players jumping from team to team to team to team. And part of it, I think, are, are legitimate reasons. And then other parts, you kind of wonder, geez, you know, would these guys be better off sticking through and battling through the adversity and and really try to become a, a better player and, and win the spot? And I think Jared Goff is kind of testament to sticking through a tough situation, sticking through it, and, and coming out the other end and, and looking just great. So I'm, I'm just so happy for him because that could not have been an easy situation to leave L.A. the way that he did, to come to Detroit, California guy, you know, being sent out to, to the Midwest, to a team that's had such a losing tradition like the Lions, and sticking through it and, and coming out as a winner. You know, I think, I think that's super. And I think it's great as well because I think – with quarterbacks in the NFL, we watch the highlight shows. We talk about the, the dual threat quarterbacks and all of that and everything else, which he is certainly not. But what he does so well is he picks up the third and fives, the fourth and ones. You know, he can do the little things that as fans, we don't tend to think about. You know, we want to see the 60 yard bobs of Jameson Williams and all that kind of stuff, which is, of course is awesome too. But I think he does the little things consistently that add up to wins. How are you feeling about the the Bucks game at the weekend? Let's uh, let's let's cut to the chase here. You think the Lions are up for this one? You think they're going to win it? I think a couple of things. I I think they're going to win it, but I'm nervous on a couple of fronts. I think anytime you have a game like they won on Sunday, where you would just pour everything into it emotionally, I think. It's just human nature to to be coming out flat in the next game. I, I just worry about that. But I think the stadium is just going to be rocking again. I think the guys are going to be running on such a high that at the end, I think they'll probably be okay. I'm a little bit nervous about the Tampa defense because anytime that there's pressure on Jared Goff, I think he can get a little bit flustered. I think we saw that in the, in the Dallas game. I was a little bit surprised that the Rams, they get after him maybe a little bit more until the second half, I think. And goals, so, as we know, blitzes a really high rate. Like, they'll send a lot of guys after Goff. Yeah, right, for sure. So, I'm nervous about that. And then I think the third point is, is that, you know, Tampa Bay's got another great group of receivers. You know, sort of like the Rams, they've got their two two studs, their two stars, and they just were eating the lines alive. And it was sort of interesting to kind of watch the Lions it was almost like they said, "Hey, we're getting—we know we're going to give up big chunks of yardage. We know that Stafford's going to get his points, but we're going to really focus in on tightening up in the red cell." And well, it's it a real, real old-fashioned. To your point, I think it's a really good point. It's a real old-fashioned bend but don't break performance because they only scored three points in the second half. Offensively, the Lions completely seized up effectively, and um, but they got the stops when they needed to. Yeah. So I think if they can do that, you know, Baker Mayfield is definitely playing with a lot of swagger at the moment. I 
take the I think the pressure is going to be on the Lions. You know, I, I think that everyone is expecting the Lions to win. I think that ultimately they will get it done, but I think I think it's probably going to be another nail biter. It, it's an interesting game, though, isn't it? An interesting matchup. Fans of a certain age will remember when this used to be twice a year, right? This was the old uh, NFC Central when, when yeah, Force used to be in that in that division with the Bears, the Vikings, and the and the Packers. It was always a strange fit, and uh, you know, as Bears and, and Lions fans, I know we we often were thankful that the books were there because they were the only team that was keeping either the Bears or the, right. or the Lions off the bottom of the division. But it's not necessarily the game that. Detroit expected it's certainly not the game they expected it's probably not the game that they wanted you know you you, you came in talking about the disappointments and the controversy over the Dallas game I thought Campbell and, and in particular wanted to go back to Dallas to put that right that would that would have been an awesome matchup if they if they went back for sure but uh fate has something else in store so we're gonna see I know the Lions have got to be thrilled to have another second home game you only get one shot, as a, as another Detroit man once said. Aaron, I hope it's your shot this weekend. I'm sure a lot of neutral fans will probably be rooting for the Lions. I, I may even put aside my NFC North enmity and uh, and throw in behind that bandwagon for as long as it lasts. Thanks so much for joining us on the NFL Irish NFL Show. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Keep up the good work.